The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome to the Titan Size Podcast. I'm Luke Worsham, joined by the other two hosts of the Titan Size Podcast, Matthias Wadner and Will Lomas. No theme song this week, no uh, fancy anything, because we're having a bit of a tech issue. So all we're going to be able to give you for our Giants preview episode is just the straight one take. No editing. So if there's a blooper, you're going to get the blooper. But there's nothing fancy about this at all. Um, let's hop right into it with, I think the biggest news. So usually we talk a lot about the injury report and we'll talk about some, some Titans injuries in a moment, but on the giants front, Odell Beckham jr. Is not playing in this game, which is a huge benefit to the Titans. Yeah. Uh, I had one person, uh, jump into the Titan size mentions, uh, and say that Odell Beckham being out is actually worse for us. Because now, I love now Eli, Eli Manning is going to focus strictly on Saquon, and he's going to get a bunch of catches, which isn't good for us. Uh, that is quite a hot take. I don't agree <laughs> with it at all. Odell Beckham's like a top five receiver in the NFL, uh, and he's completely uncoverable by any cornerback. So this is a big boon for the Titans, uh, a big loss for the Giants. Uh, even though they, they wrecked the Redskins last week uh, without Odell, uh, I think just about any team could have killed the Redskins last week. They, they looked absolutely awful and just demoralized. Uh, but yeah, this, this is this is good for the Titans. Uh, the, Odell Beckham not being out there just kind of constricts uh, their entire offense. I, I mean, you know they're going to focus uh, on Saquon. You know Saquon's going to be the main focus of the offensive game plan. Um, but, but now they they really can't stretch the field all that much. Uh, their, their only vertical guy right now is really, I mean, Sterling Shepard is okay, but he's more of a slot guy. He's not really that fast. Uh, Corey Coleman, who's a Browns cast off, um, is really the only guy who can stretch. Wait, Corey the field. Coleman plays for the Giants. Yeah. He caught two passes no last week. No <laughs> yeah. That, that's what they're down to. Their other receivers are like Benny Fowler and Russell Shepard. Um, so, so they're going to. To do a lot of short stuff, a lot of stuff over the middle with Sterling Shepard, uh, Evan Ingram, and uh, Saquon. So I think this is good for the Titans. It, it sets up well for them defensively um, t- to really uh, crash down on a lot of those short passes. Yeah, it's obviously good for the Titans. The Giants just put up 40 on the Redskins without Odell. So, I mean, take that as a knock against the Redskins if you want, or props to the Giants, whatever you want to do. But, I mean, they're not totally incompetent with that. It's not going to be like 
the Jaguars are coming in. I mean, they'll they'll have real plays. Like it'll be a real NFL, <laughs> unlike what we saw last Thursday. So that was a, that was like a a, a Pac-12 team. <laughs> yeah, but like not a yeah. good Pac-12 team. Like um, <laughs> like uh, Colorado, maybe. Like yeah. the ones you're like, oh yeah, they are in the Pac-12. Like it's just not a very good uh, to it anyway. Uh, so, but it, it's good in that you know, okay, it's it's good for the Titans. You don't have to go against Odell. It's, you know, quote-unquote bad because you're, you know, take you, you don't know who to focus on defensively. But that's fine. Like, just knock everybody down a peg. Like, I, I saw somebody ask, like, if, you know, Adoree goes to Shadow and that's been the game plan, now what do they do to change it? Just have him Shadow Sterling Shepard. Like, it's not, it's not hard to change that game plan. Like, it's harder if he was... I don't know. I would almost rather have Logan Ryan on Shepard. Doesn't Shepard play the slot mostly? Exactly, that's what I'm saying. I would just—I mean, I would use a Dory Jackson to take away the other team's best receiver, no oh. matter what. That—that's just how I think about it. I mean, I, I know we don't like him traveling the slot because he's historically struggled in the stri- slot, and you know, they, they may have some contingency plan for that. But I—that's I, the way I like this defense run. But that's—that's that's another point for another time. But yeah, I mean. Saquon's definitely going to get the ball a bunch, and that's scary. But I promise it's scarier to have Saquon and Odell out there yeah. rather than either or. Yeah, that, that was a, a horrific take, whoever it was that tweeted that at you. Um, but before we hop more into this preview and hit the injury report, I want to hit a topic that's kind of been rolling around in my head, and we've talked a little bit about it. Um, the Pro Bowl. Because... Voting ends today on Thursday or yesterday, whenever it was. And I believe the selections will be announced next week. So I want to talk about which Titans are actually deserving of being voted for the Pro Bowl. Because the Pro Bowl voting for fans has become more of this charade of like, who are your favorite players on your favorite team? And let's do these retweet hashtags, which is not supposed to be the point of this game. Like, the point of the game is not to have you know, Adrian Peterson and, uh, and Peyton Manning every single year, even if they weren't good. So, in my opinion, there are four Titans players that are deserving of making the Pro Bowl. Before I get into that, what do you guys, what, what comes to mind for you guys on that front? In terms of who should have made the Pro Bowl or who which, should make the Pro Bowl? Which Titans do you think are actually deserving of making the Pro Bowl? I think there might be two. Okay. Uh, one of them is Jarrell Casey, even though he kind of goes missing at times. I think his numbers uh, have been pretty good. They, ha- I think he's just behind Donald in terms of interior defensive line yeah. sats. Yeah, so I, I think he's pretty deserving. Although there, there are a lot of good... Uh, interior defensive lineman right now in the league. They're having really good years, um, like Chris Jones uh, from the Chiefs. But, um, yeah, Casey would be one of them. And then the other one uh, would be Jayon Brown. I think he's having a fantastic season. And and his stats back it up. Yeah, I, I'm 100% on board. I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't think Casey deserves it just because I think more people are consistently dominant and consistently on a stat sheet. But – there's not that many good defensive tackles in the AFC. So, I mean, he, he is probably one of the five or ten best for sure. Jalen Brown has to be the guy when you're like, 
okay, if one of these guys goes, who's it going to be? And it's got to be Jalen Brown. Like, he's leading all inside linebackers in sacks, I think, and he's a part-time player. Like, he he rotates, or he did at least earlier in the year. Like, he's the most electrifying person on the defense. He's what Wesley Woodyard was last year, but a step faster. He's great. Uh, I mean, and we, we talked about him in the preseason, how we should get more time, and he's done everything we expected and more. Kevin Byard is somebody who, if you're looking at, okay, who's a great player whose stats probably don't reflect how good they're playing. I mean, Kevin Byard's playing really good football. Like, he very rarely misses a tackle. You know, he's always in good position. He rarely gets beat deep um, unless there's miscommunication with Malcolm Butler or whatever. I mean, I think you could put him as a linebacker as some of those other teams who play like a safety linebacker, and he would be great. I think he's just a great player. Um, so Darius Jennings is the other guy who I think you have to oh, put yeah. just because he's, I mean, statistically and with your eyes, one of the best returners in football. Mm-hmm. So my four players that I put on, one of them was someone that you guys haven't mentioned. And I want to talk about him for that reason. I put Byard on mine because he only has two picks, but he, he's been incredible this year. Just what we've all watched him every game and, and seen the things that he does. Uh, Jayon Brown, obviously, he's been a monster. Uh, Jarrell Casey. Then I, my fourth player was Logan Ryan. And he's a guy that he doesn't get the stats. He doesn't get the interceptions. He doesn't get the forced fumbles, the pick sixes, any of that. But he consistently, outside of the, the bad touchdown that he gave up to Tyrell Williams, he consistently takes opponents' slot receivers out of the game. He did a number on Julian Edelman, and he's done a number on a lot of guys this year. And another thing, he also leads NFL cornerbacks in tackles, which is, and a lot of them are tackles in the run game, not just he allows a catch and makes the tackle. And so I think he's a very underrated player. He's not going to make the Pro Bowl because he doesn't have the stats, but he got my vote. Yeah, he's he's really just a solid all-around player. Um and he also has three sacks. Uh he's been used a lot on on cornerback blitzes and, yeah. and he's he's done a really good job getting home and, and wrapping up quarterback. So, um yeah, I, I, that would be awesome. He's obviously not going to get it just because um he doesn't get interceptions now because he's he's been playing slot quarterback ever since he got to to Tennessee. Um and in New England he was playing outside where you have a lot more um, a lot more opportunities to pick the ball off uh, in the slot. A lot of these, uh, a lot, a lot of these pass plays are, are very safe, um, and they're just like five yard routes where where uh, receivers just sit down on their routes. Um, so yeah, there's not a lot of opportunity for interceptions there, but he's still making plays. Um, still very solid, and he and he's contributing um, in more than one ways as a cornerback. Yeah, I, y'all y'all said a lot of good things about him. Um, he has twice as many sacks as Brian Arakpo, which is devastating to see. He's got six pass breakups and they really don't throw at him off. I mean, he's just, I mean, he's one of those guys where you look at him and you're like, he doesn't make a lot of plays, but he's so solid that he's very rarely the guy you want to attack. And if you do it consistently, you're going to get beat. So, uh, I mean, I'm glad he's got the contract he's got. I think he's very deserving. I think he's a huge part of this defense. Uh, you guys brought up Darius Jennings. I didn't put him on my ballot solely because I put uh, 
Cordero Patterson and uh, there's someone else I put ahead. Tyreek Hill. I put those guys ahead of him. And I, and I think those guys should be ahead of him. Yeah. Uh, Cordero Patterson is probably the best returner in the league. Um, he's probably okay. one of the best returners of all time, honestly. Yeah. Um, and those are, and those are both AFC guys. So I don't yeah. really see him making the cut to be honest. God. Yeah. I, I don't think so. I also, I was sorting by kickoff return average and Jennings doesn't even show up. So I'm, I'm assuming he doesn't qualify yet. Um, so yeah, I, he's probably not going to get in, but, but he's been great. He, um, especially since none of us knew what we were going to do, uh, at, at kick returner. Um, he kind of just slotted in and he's been one of the best in the league. So, uh, that's pretty awesome. Now, it may happen since ultimately it comes down to fan vote and player vote and coach vote is the NFL may say, all right, Tyreek Hill, you're in as a receiver just so that we can have another person. We're going to put Jennings in as the return specialist. That makes sense. Also, uh, Kansas City's probably going to go to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, Tyreek will pull out that way or the or the Patriots. And so that would bring Cordero out. Yeah, that's true. Other thing I would say is, um, Jennings is a better special teams player than those guys, I would say, because he also plays on coverage team. Like he's, he does. So like just in terms of a pure special, but that's not how it's listed. It's listed as returner. Yes. And as special. So, I mean, it, it's, it's probably technically wrong to say he should be the returner because he's good at everything he does on special teams, but I, I still prefer it that way. So I'm going to say it, but you're right. I mean, Cordero Patterson, I think is the all-time leader in kick return average. Uh, and Tyreek Hill is the fastest human I've ever seen play. Maybe the quickest human, maybe not long speed fast. Cause Chris Johnson was probably that, but I don't know. I never watched Chris Johnson in person. We'll get to watch Tyreek in person next year when they come to Nashville, but it, I'm excited to watch him for sure. Yeah. Tyreek looks super fun to watch. I mean, Chris Johnson was, it was almost, and, and I'm not telling fans that are listening to this any different, but it was almost like if a guy only had one step on him, you knew it was already over. Like, even if a guy had the perfect angle and it was a defensive back and he was running to the edge and he looked like he had a full step on him, you already knew that that was yeah. going to be the wrong angle and that Chris Johnson was either going to stop and cut it back or he was going to outrun him. Like, it was just a different kind of thing. And it, it's hard because they play two different positions. But, yeah, I mean... Right now, I'm just going to go on the 40 time. So let, let's talk about the Titans injury situation. Dan Krukshank returned to practice this week. From what I understand, <clears throat> he is he's questionable. Uh, Brian Arakpo is a guy that potentially they don't have this week. It's fun. Yeah, I, I hate to say it because I love that guy <laughs> so much, and he's such a great person, and he's been so good for this franchise, but it really it's not going to make that big a difference. It, whether he plays or not, I don't. I don't think it will either. Um, it kind of sucks because he had, he had a pretty good game last week. Uh, granted, it was against the Jaguars. I thought, I, thought he, I, I thought he played well. He had what a couple. What, what, did, uh, what did he do that made you think he played well? Well, he had five total pressures, which is pretty good, all things considered. Sure. Um, and, and he didn't look all that horrible. Uh, like he has, he was lining up against Eric Flowers for a majority. Yeah. Of That's what I was gonna say. He <laughs> was playing against the Jaguars, uh, semi-pro offensive line. So, I, that that that's what I'll caution that with. But like you said, 
it's really not that big of a loss, especially with uh, Sheriff Finch playing very well. He's he's yeah. every time he's been on the field, he's making plays. Whether it's uh, getting pressure on the quarterback or getting a sack, uh, making a play in run defense, he's just always kind of around the ball. Yeah. Um, and, and he's very very sound player. Um, and I'm very excited to see see him um, get some more reps uh, in this game where we'll pro- we're probably going to need him uh, against an offensive line that's honestly not very good either. So we'll see how he does. And another thing is Arakpo being down likely means that Kamale Correa is up for the first time in a while. That guy's not very good. I thought he was good like the first couple weeks, and then he just completely fell off fell off the map, um, and clearly the coaches saw it because he was a healthy and active last week. And the um, week before. The, yeah, the past couple weeks. So, I mean, we'll see if he can get it going again. Uh, I don't know. I, I doubt it. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we do with pass rusher. Hopefully Derek Morgan can kind of break out of his little slump. Uh, not counting on it, but hopefully. Yeah. I don't even know that you can characterize it as a slump at this point. It's just yeah. a regression. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a big picture thing. Yeah, it's that it's 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 been tough to watch because, you know, that that's been kind of the anchor of this defense. It's You know, for three or four years, it was can everybody hold off long enough for a rack Poe or Morgan to get a sack? And now yeah. it's like just nothing coming off the edge. And that's that's and a, sad it, because they finally have the outstanding secondary. But now the pass rush is terrible yeah. and they have it next year looking ahead a little bit is hopefully the year that finally they can have some synchronicity between those things. Yeah. It's almost uh, like, uh, historically with like Titans vets, like Jason McCourty comes to mind and Nate Washington come to mind where it's like, it's almost to the point where you're a stand standout through the prime of your career. And by the time the Titans organization does something to supplement what you do, like for Washington, <laughs> yeah, good quarterback and for McCourty it was getting a good passer by the time they do that you're old enough to where you've become the problem and yeah. it sucks like you know you would want you ideally want it's like okay the year that you get a Dory Jackson Logan Ryan and even Malcolm Butler who's played better you're going to get a really good year out of your front you know front four and you're really going to have a good defense and it's just there's always something wrong and it's just like this weird musical chairs where you know you like a guy for a while and then the music stops and you're panicking because he looks like he can't play anymore, but it's tough. Yeah. Also on the injury report this week, big concern here. David Fluellen's going to miss another game. Guys, what are the Titans going to do? I don't know. This is, this is really tough. Um, we've, he's been injured for a lot of weeks and we just haven't been able to replace his production. They have not both, been able to run the ball in a while. Both in the running game and on special teams. Uh, we actually do kind of miss him on special teams, to be honest. He's yeah. pretty good in that yeah. aspect. But, um, yeah, no, that, David Flellin doesn't really matter. Although, when he got into that game, I, I can't remember what game it was, um, where he was getting carries ahead of, was it the Colts game? No, it was at home. Okay. Uh, Patriots game. I just remember, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he got a couple carries. He was running ahead of Derrick Henry, uh, and he looked good. And, and, and then, then something uh, happened. And then it just went down. Yeah, and we'll never find out what really that was. 
the good news is is that maybe we can get Luke Stocker some more carries. <laughs> the third running back this team needs. <laughs> I think the crazy part about Fluellen is that every time he's in the game, he looks really good, but he is one of the least athletic running backs like like oh, ever. Wasn't his 30, 40 time like four seven eight or something like that? Four seven two forty yard dash. Yeah. <laughs> For a running back, that's, that doesn't exist. He doesn't look like that when you watch him play. He looks like oh, he has a little more burst than that. Yeah. I wonder if it's like a Derek Barnett thing where like he got sick the day of or something like that. But, I mean, four <laughs> seven. I mean, it's like he fell asleep. <laughs> it's a true. Like, Granted, yeah. I could not run. Yeah, it's like eight seconds faster than I could run it. I should say I'm judging him by the standard of every other running back in the NFL, but – um, also on the injury front, legitimately for the Titans, there's some sort of lingering effect from Tajay Sharp's ankle injury that he suffered against the Jaguars. He left that game. No one can seem to remember whether he came back into the game. Um, but he was listed on the injury report, limited on, on Wednesday's practice. Uh, but it looks like he's going to be able to probably go. Um, he's kind of suffered with some... Uh, some nicks and bruises for a couple weeks now. Yeah, it, it's kind of sucked because um, during the middle of the season, it, it looked like he was becoming like this sure-handed number two guy uh, that you could really rely on, uh, particularly in the London game against the Chargers. He he had a fantastic game, um, and he, he made a couple of key catches in, in the games before, before that, um, and then he suffered an injury. Um, I think it was in pregame of the Cowboys game. Um, he was pretty much non-existent in that game going in and out. Um, didn't do anything in the Patriots game, caught that cheap touchdown in the Colts game. Um, and then I think in the Jets game, he got injured again or something like that. So it's been, it's been kind of frustrating, um, especially because he showed a little bit uh, of the potential that I didn't know he had. Um, especially in that Chargers game, I was kind of looking forward to how he would end the season, um, with, with him and Taewon Taylor, but they, they both, both of them have, have really struggled to stay on the field. Um, and I, I think the whole offense has kind of suffered for it. Um, uh, but hopefully Tajay will be good for this game. Uh, we'll need him, especially with Janoris Jenkins on the outside. Um, although Janoris Jenkins hasn't had that good of a year. He, he hasn't been the, the type of lockdown cornerback. He, he shocked me when the, how good he was when he first got there. I thought that was a yeah. horrific free agent signing. Yeah, no, he he was when he's on his game, he's one of the better cornerbacks uh, in the entire league. But he, he, this season has not gone all that well for him. Yeah. Um, and their other their other cornerbacks are not they're not good. So who else they do they be, have? Because they traded Eli Apple. Yeah, Eli Apple's gone. I, I think I think one of their guys, Grant Haley, might be one of them. One no of their other cornerbacks. Oh, B. W. Webb is the is the other guy. Is he yeah. really? Yes. Wow. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, right. he's actually not terrible. He's like okay, uh, yeah. but he's obviously not someone that you're worried about. Um, if you're, I'll take my chances with Corey Davis yeah. against him. Yeah, yeah. So e- even if Janoris Jenkins shadows, um, Janoris, uh, if Janoris Jenkins <laughs> shadows Corey Davis, um, I like our matchups um, with their other cornerbacks. Uh, just hopefully Tajay and Taewon can like actually go through the game injury-free. Yeah, um, yeah. I, th- I think we kind of covered Tajay. While we're talking about the defensive backs, 
One thing I do want to say, and I don't know if we were going to bring it up, is that Landon Collins is on IR, who's mm-hmm. probably their, mm, I guess, probably their third best player now with Odell and Saquon. But for a long time, over the last two or three years, he was just their absolute best player. I mean, he was, I mean, he he's their version of Kevin Byard, except he's a little bit less dynamic and a little bit more of a heavy hitter. But yeah. I mean, he is truly one of the best five or six safeties in the NFL. He is impending out- free agent, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it, which is unfortunate because we have Kenny Vaccaro, so I don't think we're going to go after him. But it would have been a really nice pairing. But it'll be way too expensive. But yeah. I mean, everybody who chirps about how good Jamal Adams is, and Jamal Adams is okay, but Jamal Elena Collins is what people think Jamal Adams is. And when you watch a highlight reel of Jamal Adams, it's kind of what Landon Collins does consistently throughout his career. So I mean, the Titans dodged two bullets with Odell and Landon both being out. Did uh did you guys know the Giants are pretty much just Titans North? So huh? they have B.W. Webb. Curtis Riley is their starting free safety. I knew they had Curtis Riley. And their backup quarterback yeah. is our own Alex, Alex Tanny. Tanny. Yeah. They're just taking yeah. all our players that we don't reject- want. All the Titans rejects. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, I don't know what they see in them. Although I, I, I don't mind Curtis Riley. I thought he was pretty good uh, when yeah. he was here. I'll never forget he really didn't get that many opportunities. Arm tackled Derrick Henry in a contact practice. It was incredible incredibly impressive in the open <laughs> field no less that's the um, part like it, it, people arm tackle derrick henry now yeah the time. in the whole open this field. dude he was he was outside in the open field and curtis riley was just like nope yeah um no odell beckham but you you guys kind of alluded to uh sterling shepherd being the the substitute if you will who moves into that number one receiver role he's a guy that's quick he's fast Malcolm Butler said that he's a lot like Odell Beckham just not quite as as talented but he plays kind of the same way so it's not over in terms of the Giants passing game like you got to keep that guy in check for sure yeah he is good but uh, he's not he can't operate as a number one Uh, he really hasn't done it to this point in his career Um, and in that game against the Redskins last week where Odell was out, uh, he did catch a touchdown, but he only caught two of his six targets for 17 yards. So he, I don't know. He's just not not this all that all that much of a threat, honestly. Especially with our cornerbacks who are pretty good. Um, I, I think who their actual number one receiver is going to be isn't a receiver. It'll probably be uh, their tight end. No, oh, well, yeah, Saquon also. I forgot I about say it, Evan Ingram. Yeah, because like you said, um, when he came out, you you likened him to Demarius Thomas because yeah. um, he's this bigger bodied kind of guy uh, who's just really athletic and do a lot after the catch, uh, but just really good um, at the catch point as well. So, um, yeah, he was kind of their number one receiver last week. He caught three or five targets for 77 yards. Um, so he's definitely a guy they like to match up um, on linebackers. Thankfully, we've done a fantastic job on tight ends this entire season. Um, so, so we'll see how that matchup goes. You know, it's interesting. Um, you bring up the Demarius Thomas comparison I used to make a lot. I, I, I thought he would be more of an, an X receiver. Clearly I was wrong. Um, but when when Odell's healthy, from what I understand, they like never use him, which is surprising to me because he's good. Like he's played well in the NFL. 
Yeah, I, I agree. They don't they don't they don't use him as much as they should. I mean, he's a he's a matchup nightmare. He's one of these one of these Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz type type tight ends that are just uh, they're really big, uh, just really soft hands, um, and and they can get open at will. But I mean, the Giants' passing offense is just it's it's not fun. It's not fun to watch most of the time, um, just because of the way they they're schemed and because Eli Manning just doesn't like to to really take that many chances. Um, so yeah, I, Ingr- Ingram's one of my one one not one of my favorite, but um, I really liked watching him last year. He had a really good rookie season, um, and I was expecting a little bit more from him this year. Uh, although he he has been injured for a couple games, um, but even when he wasn't, they really weren't using him all that much. Uh, we'll see if that changes with Odell out uh, this week. Yeah, I mean he's he's really exciting. I like him a lot. It's just at this point, there's just so many other mouths to feed on that offense. And I think he's good at what he does. I just think it's an afterthought. I mean, yeah. Is he the, I mean, he, I know there's going to be playing plays that they specifically designed for him, but I mean, he's probably the fourth guy that you should look at right now. And with that offensive line, you rarely get to the fourth target. So <laughs> I yeah, mean, I, I don't know. I when in doubt, just throw to Saquon or Odell. Um, That's all they do. They just throw to Saquon at the line of scrimmage. Smart. (laughs) I know. The Giants, especially when they're fully healthy, are loaded in terms of their offensive weapons. And even right now without Odell, they still have, as we talked about, Shepard and and, uh, and Ingram and and Barkley. Their defense, from what I understand, is not nearly that talented or productive. It's... You know they've actually they haven't been playing all that poorly. Um, they've they've been picking the ball off a lot actually. Um, oh, since since their bye week in week nine, uh, they picked off two passes against Nick Mullins, one against Jameis, uh, th- three against Fitzpatrick. Uh, that was terrible. So three terrible um, quarterbacks. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. yeah you know now bad. now I'm going through these quarterbacks. Okay, now I understand where all these interceptions are coming from because they played against Josh Johnson, Chase Daniel. <laughs> Um, Fitzpatrick, Jameis, and Nick Mullins. So maybe they're not good at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> God, that is so bad. Yeah. Well, okay. All right, then. I I don't feel uh, all that uh, worried anymore. Uh, although I still it was am. Like, it was like last year with the Titans. They went like three weeks in a row playing Tom Savage and Flacco yeah. and and Deshaun Kaiser. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So I'm not that worried. Uh. I, I am worried just because it's a road game. And Mariota tends to have these these kind of meltdown performances every now and then, uh, so hopefully that won't be the case. But I, yeah, I don't think it's all that threatening uh, of a defense, uh, especially after they traded away Snacks Harrison. So I don't know. I, I mean, I mean, they're, they're really att- yeah, they're really atta- attackable um, on that end. Um, so we'll do, see. Do, we'll do, see. Do, especially do, with- do you use a similar approach to like last week to try to get Derrick Henry the ball outside a lot? Yeah, their run defense is, is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, they didn't really try to get Derrick Henry the ball outside that much. He just bounced it outside. Yeah. Like, the 99-yard run was, like, I think it was a B-gap play, and everybody got washed down. Like, and McCole Pruitt ended up pushing Telvin Smith for, like, 20 yards uh, and opened that up. And then the 50-yard run was an inside run that Derrick Henry did the thing that we always chastise him about, 
where he thought he was a 205 pound running back instead of a 250 pound running back and cut it outside. But for whatever reason, Jalen Ramsey was trying to close so fast that he just completely missed Derrick Henry. When he made his adjustment and nobody was guy. there. Also, Corey Davis, uh, unsung hero on that play, completely walled off two defenders and just gave uh, Henry the sideline and really made it impossible for anybody to catch him. But, I mean, that that should always be the play. Though. I mean, the the idea with him is every time you run it inside, it should just be to set up an outside run later. Because you're get not, like a yard. Yeah, like because you're not going to make – that's not where you're going to make your money with him. Like – you there there should almost be no inside runs uh in this offense they have no guy who's designed for inside runs not well, they also don't get any push from their interior offensive line sure and i mean that that's fair and true but it you know even if they did i don't trust derrick henry to trust his eyes i think he would bounce it out and i don't trust deon lewis to not try to spin immediately or try to shift and make somebody miss at the line of scrimmage right into the uh, the linebackers yeah so like they just don't have a guy for that so um yeah the the play or the uh, play calling should never be centered around any sort of inside run even their play actions should be more outside zone uh naked boot concepts instead of so much of this like long fake up the middle stuff because teams that really don't care if they get, you know, if they let somebody run up the middle on them with our running backs, they're going to start pinning their ears back and really getting Mariota's grill. But yeah, I mean, that, that should be how you use Henry. Uh, Henry and Lewis should, should have a field day in this game. The, the, the giants, I don't know. Their front seven isn't all that great. Uh, Dalvin Thompson. I know you have a love hate relationship with Alec Ogletree. He's horrible. He's yeah. horrible. There's no love hate. hate. It's hate. <laughs> he is one of the most overrated players in the entire NFL. Um, he just has no idea where plays go most of the time. He just has zero awareness. Um, misses a lot of tackles. The only thing he's good at is is being athletic. And sometimes he makes these cool plays where he's flying across the field. So that's cool. But other than that, he is one of the more attackable players on this entire defense. Um, and I think the Titans easily could take advantage. Um, their other linebackers aren't good either. His team isn't very good. I, I mean, that's why they're 5-8. and eight. Yeah. Um, Although they have won a couple games lately. But, I, but there's I so much parity in the NFC that they were a game out of a playoff oh, no. spot. Oh, no. You just did the... <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is what we were talking about, about being live. This is what you get sometimes. But uh, Luke was talking about, I mean, there is a ton of parody. It's weird. That- oh, so, am I still going in slow motion? Well, no. Just keep talking, Will, and I'll fix myself. Oh, you're good. I mean, you're better now. But I was just going to say, you know, it's weird. Like, I expected the Vikings to be better down the stretch. I expected, and Seattle's been okay, but... I mean, really, those wild card spots aren't as locked down as I thought they would be at this point. And I mean, I think he stinks, man. Do what? The bottom half of the NFC is horrible. Like for all the like negative attention that the bottom of the AFC gets and has gotten for a while, because really the Browns are bad. And so when you do those things, it's like the average of the bottom five teams in the AFC is this when the Browns weren't winning any games. Like, looking at it now, like, there's a lot of teams I'd rather face in the NFC than the AFC. It's, it's funny. Uh, 
Bruce Arians was on the Rich Eisen show the other day. He's doing the Titans game this week. And Rich asked him, he said, Coach, who do you think is going to be the sixth seed in the NFC? His response was, doesn't matter. They'll be the first ones out. <laughs> yes, seriously. I'm pretty sure, like, the Packers are, like, one game out. Yes. And they have had so a Giants. horrible season. It's so stupid. Yeah. Yeah, so the NFC stinks is pretty much our point. I don't know if they stink so much as that it's just very top-heavy. Yeah. Which in the AFC, it's more dispersed. Like, there's the Chiefs who are kind of, on most days, head and shoulders above everyone. But, again, again, there's some days that they're vulnerable, like last night against uh, the Chargers. Mm-hmm. The Patriots have their days where they look like the Patriots. And then, you know, games like the Titans game where they don't. So I think AFC is just more balanced. But the NFC is very top-heavy in having uh, Los Angeles and, and, and Chicago and some of these other teams at the very top. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Yeah. We should do a podcast one day on the AFC versus the NFC. Like, who is the best? Like, who's the deepest? Who's the best up top? All that kind of like superlative. Well, I think it was interesting because going into this season, I think I remember us talking about this probably on the show is that we all kind of expected the NFC to be extraordinarily competitive and that there would be several good teams who, yeah. who wouldn't make the playoffs just because it would be so close. And, you know, I guess it is close, but it's it's a different kind of close than I think most of us expected because I don't think anyone expected Seattle to be as good as they are. I don't think anyone expected Dallas to be as good and dominant as they are. Washington, for a while, was a very respectable football team until Alex Smith got hurt. I think everyone expected more from the Giants. I mean, you could go down the list. The Packers, everyone expected more from. The, the Vikings, everyone expected more from. It's been kind of a disappointing year, honestly, from the NFC. Other than, obviously, the Rams. I think there's, like, five good teams in the entire NFL. Who are they? No The Chiefs, yeah. the Chargers, yeah. um, Rams. the Rams. Yeah. yeah. The Bears. The, I would put the Bears. The Bears in and the Saints. Everyone else is bad. The Bears, the Bears are not in that conversation. The, like, they, the, yeah, I don't think so. The, the like, national media loves to talk about the Texans. And yeah, that, really, that win streak they good. went on was impressive. But, like, last week against the Colts, they were a train wreck. And, and I, I've watched this team in person. Will, you have too. We've seen this team a lot over the last several years just because they played the Titans so much. They're nothing special, I don't think. Yeah, I agree. And I feel the same way about the Cowboys. I think they're very inconsistent. I mean, the, the Titans exposed the back end of their secondary in a yeah. game where the Titans got blown out. Like, you come away from that game, it's like, wow, Houston really took it to the Titans, but their secondary is horrific because Corey Davis and Johnny Smith took it to them in that game. Yeah. I mean, I think the NFC, the whole uh, NFC disappointment season comes down to three teams, uh, the Eagles, the Vikings and uh, the 49ers, all were supposed to have these amazing seasons, and they just haven't. Yeah, 49ers. I mean, I don't think they disappointed so much as they just unfortunate. Well, I think, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they were overrated anyway, man. I do too, but they were something like fifth in like Super Bowl odds. Like, people forget just yeah, how hyped up that team was. Like, people were sure that they were going to go to the playoffs and that, you know, Garoppolo was and we talked about this earlier that Garoppolo was going to have the season that Mahomes is having like they were sure that was going to happen and then 
Garoppolo got hurt before he could even attempt it, and now they're a three-win team looking to draft number one overall again. So, I mean, it, injuries. Hey, if they get Nick Bosa, which they haven't had a pass rusher since Alden Smith went off the rails, if they get Nick Bosa out of a bad season and Jimmy Garoppolo comes back to form next year and they have McKinnon and they get themselves a receiver, that's yeah. a legitimate team next year. Yeah, I like that team. I, I kind of like them to rebound last year. As much as I thought they were overrated this year, um, and as much as I, I don't like Jimmy Garoppolo all that much, um, I do think they can make some noise next year just because Kyle Shanahan is a really good coach and just a fantastic yeah. offensive offensive mind. Quickly, before we get off the rails too much, let, let's yeah, go we're really back. straight away. Well, let's let's talk about the Titans a little bit more. The Titans have had a lot of praise over the course of this week for for Barry Sanders. Kenny Bacar was saying that you know, Sanders reminds him of uh, or or did I call him Barry Sanders? Yeah, you called him Barry Sanders. Saquon well, Barkley, because Kenny Vaccaro was saying that Barry Sanders' tape reminds him of what he used to hear when he was growing up about Barry Sanders. How do you stop him? I mean, I mean, what's the game plan? I have no idea. He's really good. <laughs> I'm not sure how you stopped him. Um, I guess it, I don't know. I don't know because even when he gets like when, when he has games where uh, he's not really hitting a lot of big plays, he always just tends to have at least one play at the end of the game where he just finds a hole, uh, makes people like miss, Adrian and just just goes on. Like- you, you'd look at his stats and be like 18 carries for 30 yards, and then the next yeah. play, 19 carries for 100 yards. Yeah, and I think the toughest part is that he's such a smooth pass catcher. Um, but he really doesn't get—I mean, he has a lot of yards um, through the air. He has 90 um, targets this season. Yeah, that's the thing. He's caught 78 passes, so his yards per reception is only 8.1, uh, which really isn't all that great um, because they throw him a lot of, like— uh, a lot of these checkdowns behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage, um, where he's where he's already covered, um, and, and it's tough for him to make plays in some of those situations. Um, we'll we'll see how the Titans attack attack them. I don't know. I, I I would hope that they use some sort of blueprint from the Jaguars game, uh, where they were just crowding the line of scrimmage. Um, and well, I don't know if that the did. Almighty Leonard Fournette presents quite as big yeah. a challenge. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. So we'll, we'll see. I, I mean, at least as long as we just uh, cover well when he goes out of the flats, um, I think we'll be fine uh, from that perspective. Um, but he's just really good. It, it's tough to stop. Maybe you just have to uh, admit defeat and just let him get his and, and focus on the other players. I mean, it's crazy because like this can be a defining moment for Rashawn Evans and Jayon Brown. If Jayon Brown can cover him effectively out of the backfield and if Rashawn Evans can continue to progress, this will be the game where people are like, those linebackers from Tennessee are legit. I mean, because they are. They, they've been very good the past they have. month, maybe more. I mean, they've looked really, really good and consistently good and without giving up these big plays where they're trailing behind and don't look close. Like, that. I mean – they look like one of the best young linebacker duos in the NFL. I mean, Fresh and uh, Smith probably are up there from Dallas, mm-hmm. but they they look like that. Those are the two guys you could build a defense around long term. And if they can go into the game, and I mean, look at this. Over the last four games, uh, Saquon Barkley has 142 yards rushing, 101 yards rushing, 
125 yards rushing, 170 rushing. Like, he's had huge games for four straight weeks. And granted, you know, against Tampa, he got 27 carries. Uh, against Chicago, he got 24 carries. But also, on his 170-yard game last week, he only got 14 carries. Like, that, that's yeah. bad. Like, that, Derrick Henry had a huge game, so people didn't talk about the Saquon Barkley game last week. It was insane. And, and part of it was because, you know, there was no pressure that, you know, the Redskins are kind of down on themselves anyway because all their injuries and stuff. But, I mean, even then, to have 14 carries for 170 yards is insane. So, I mean, if they can limit him to just, like, 50 or 60 or 70 yards, like anywhere in that range would be a great day for them, especially when you know this offense is going to run through him with Odell Beckham out. So, I mean, I don't know how you stop them, but if the Titans can find a way to get those two linebackers in coverage and kind of clean releases to him and they can stop him or mildly contain him, it would be huge for this defense. Yeah. Also, please do not put Wesley Woodyard on Saquon Barkley. No, God. Woodyard would have to retire mid-game. Yeah, Vontae Davis. Um, it would be really bad. Yeah, like I, I, I love Wesley. It's it's this that triangle of our defense: the Wesley Woodyard, Brian Arakpo, Derek Morgan, who were really good last year. Um, just they're just not. They're old. Yeah, they're old. They're all essentially thirty or older. And Woodyard has bursts of good plays, and I'm sure he's in there to make sure everybody's lined up correctly and because he's not a terrible liability or anything like that. But this is not the game you want him on the field. This is the game that's going to get him killed. Yeah, agreed. Well, I think that's going to do it for us. I think we did an effective job of previewing this team, and we really didn't have any bloopers. So one take all the way through when we needed it most. We also did a great job of previewing the NFC for next year, especially yes. the Niners team. That's the stuff for our listeners that, that usually gets cut out. Like I'll go yeah. back and like, they're like, I'll be like, this episode was an hour long and we didn't talk about the giants for that long. And I'll go back and listen. And there will have been like this, this 10 minute segment where like, Will's talking about the Packers or or I'm sitting talking about the, the defensive line prospects in the draft next year. Maybe like, mainly so, me. Yeah, well, <laughs> so usually this stuff gets cut out. Um, but but today it's full disclosure day. So yeah, every, everything gets in there. Well, that's going to do it for us. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, be sure to listen next week when we're back to recap this game. Titans are in the home stretch. Good chance to make the playoffs if they went out, but that is a big if, big challenge this week. For Matthias and Will, I'm Luke Worsham. See you guys next time. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.